Good morning, good morning. How is everyone? What'd you say? I thought I heard someone say something. A little lean over there. Okay, hey, that's what I, I want to hear a bunch of those throughout this message, okay? Well, anyway, like I said, good morning. How are y'all? Okay, got to make sure I'm on the right side, you know, not the Spanish side, okay? So, it feels like it's been so long since I've been here. Like, it feels like I have not seen y'all in ages. And, I mean, like, ages, like hundreds of years, not just, you know, a couple. Well, so, you know, y'all know that I go to MSU, and, like, it's been crazy. Life changes you. Like, like life has been crazy lately. Like, in high school... In 2018, get this, oh, that's the wrong one, right here, right here. In 2018, I was a 17-year-old senior, 2018. Now it's 2020, and I'm a 20-year-old junior with a week-old mustache. So, like I said, it gets crazy, and don't get me wrong, College is crazy. Like, when you get to finals, you will never, you, you will not believe how many grown men you see bawling their eyes out, worried about the final. Hey, I'm one of them, okay? I'm one of them. Well, I say grown men because you, we all know the women here are stronger than us. They're smarter than us, too. And so, Amen. hey, got to get them brownie points, okay? Okay. But you see... Not only do you get, like, you physically get older, but you do mentally and emotionally. That's what I was talking about, you know, emotionally with these grown men crying during the finals. They learn how to express their emotions. They're not going out to the baseball field and hitting dingers. They're going back to their dorm room, laying on their bed, turning lights out, covering up with a blanket and crying. That's what they're doing. Well, and don't get me wrong, like, those thoughts that run through your mind at 2 a.m. after you have just gotten back to your room, after studying, and you have your final that next day. Like, those thoughts are crazy. And so, one night, this was, this was my freshman year, before my computer science final. No idea how I passed it. I think it's because of my brother. Well, anyway, I was sitting there, and I just studied. Studying. I didn't, I didn't think about the three other finals I had that day. It was computer science. I needed to pass that one. And so I was sitting there. I was laying in my bed at 2 a.m. And I was thinking to myself, I ended up thinking of all the lyrics to a song. I didn't know it was a song until I started to write it down. And the next day, I read it. And I was like, oh, this is by the Black Eyed Peas. So... So, we, I, have, I have this right here. Oh, I have this right here. I know some of y'all probably, probably know the song that I'm talking of, but I'm going to go through the lyrics right now. I want you to raise your hand right here. Man, this is how my future class is. Dang. Well, anyway, so keep your hands raised. I'm going to go through the lyrics of the Black Eyed Peas, okay? I'm not going to tell y'all the song. I'm going to cover it up over here. 
Okay, I'm not going to tell y'all the song, but I am going to go through the lyrics. And as soon as you hear something that is common with society today, as soon as you hear something that you think is a problem with society today, when you hear something and you're like, oh, hey, that's happened today. That's happened in my life. I see that in society, okay? So that night, I was laying in my bed, and I was like, what's wrong with the world, mama? People living like they ain't got no mamas. I think the whole world addicted to the drama, only attracted to things that'll bring you trauma. Overseas, yeah, we're trying to stop terrorism, but we still got terrorists here living in the USA, the big CIA, the Bloods, the Crips, and the KKK. But if you only have love for your own race, then you only leave space to discriminate. And to discriminate only generates hate. And when you're hate, then you're bound to get irate. Yeah, madness is what you demonstrate, and that's exactly how anger works and operates. Man, you gotta have love if you set it straight. Take control of your mind and meditate. Let your soul gravitate to the love, y'all. Then he goes to verse two. Sorry, music is like in my life, okay? Well, it's, it just ain't the same. Old ways have changed. New days are strange, it's the world insane. If love and peace is so strong, why are there pieces of love that don't belong? Nations dropping bombs, chemical gases filling lungs with little ones, with ongoing suffering, as youth are young, so ask yourself, is loving really gone so I can ask myself, really, what is going wrong? In this world that we live in, people keep on giving in, making wrong decisions, only visions of a dividend, not respecting each other, denying thy brother. A war's going on, but the reason's undercover. The truth is kept secret, it's swept under the rug. If you never know truth, then you never know love. Where's the love, y'all? Come on, I don't know. Where's the truth, y'all? Come on, I don't know. Where's the love, y'all? And this right here, verse 3, that, that is where it ties everything together. That verse 1, it came across and it laid out, hey, this is everything we've gone through in the past, but we still see it today. That verse 2 is, hey, this is everything that's going on today that happened in the past, and that's going to continue to the future. Now, this verse 3, it really talks about, it talks about how these are connected. It really talks about how our future is going to look like if something doesn't change. So, I feel the weight of the world on my shoulder. As I'm getting older, y'all people get colder. Most of us only care about money making. Selfness got us falling in the wrong direction. Wrong information always shown by the media. Negative images is the main criteria. Infecting that young mind's faster than bacteria. Kids, like, kids want to act like what they see in the cinema. And then right here. Yo, whatever happened to the values of humanity? Whatever happened to the fairness and equality? Instead of spreading love, we're spreading animosity. Lack of understanding leading lives away from unity. That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling under. That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling down. There's no wonder why sometimes I'm feeling under. Got to keep my faith alive till love is found. Now ask yourself, where is the love? Like, really, I want you to ask yourself right now, sitting there, where is the love? See, wow, trust myself, did the entire thing. Okay, so... There is a survey that went around. This was like in 2008, but it still goes for today. It still went for the past, and it's still going to go on forever. 
In this survey, they asked Christians, they asked non-Christians, and they asked people who, you know, believe in Christianity that just haven't fully accepted it yet. They asked everybody. They asked for one word that describes Jesus. They asked for one word to describe Christianity. They asked for one word to describe God. Do you all know what that word was? Exactly. And they're correct. One word describes all three of those things. And it's four letters. L, O, V, and E. And they're correct. So first we're going to turn to Matthew 22, 35 through 40. Solid. Okay. So, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on to these two commandments. And we read that right there, and it's talking. It's talking about love. Loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself. Theoretically, if you love your neighbor as yourself, you show empathy. You put yourself in their shoes. So you're over here. You're loving your neighbor as yourself. You now put yourself in their shoes. So now their neighbor is your neighbor. So you put yourself in those shoes. Now, don't get me wrong. The people across the street are still your neighbor as well. So you've got to put yourself in their shoes. It works around the entire world and comes back to you. And that right there is why love is one of the most beautiful things, one of the strongest things, one of the most powerful things that we can imagine. I mean, don't even have to imagine it. We feel it every day. And you see, so in this verse, an expert, an expert in the law walked up to Jesus. And he said, Jesus, Jesus, what is the greatest, the greatest commandment in the Bible? So just imagine, just imagine this short little dude walking up to Jesus holding up this big Bible, this big Bible that can choke a moose. Just imagine that. He walks up, yo, Jesus, Jesus, what in here, what in here is the greatest thing? If we were to read this entire thing, what do we, what do we take out from that? And now, don't get me wrong, like, people ask me, people come to me with questions, and I'm like, yo, give me a second, let me think about this so I can respond to you properly. But that's not what Jesus did. Jesus answered, in a blink of an eye, in a snap. Jesus laid it out for him right there. So imagine, just, just picture this. You go on to a game show, and they're like, Howdy! Welcome to, insert random game title here, okay? For your first question of all 27,570 27, verses in the Old Testament, which is the most important? You have 10 seconds. Your time starts now. Just imagine that. Like, if you were to walk into a game show and they ask you that, what are you going to say? You've got to think about that. 
27,570. That's, that's in the old, you know, Bible from back then when, you know, a verse was two words or, you know, they had like three verses kind of like combined together because their language was different than what it is today. Now we have, it's 23,560-something. That's just in the Old Testament. There's 32,670-something throughout the entire Bible. And just imagine that. A guy, hey, read this. What's the most important? But Jesus, Jesus, he answered without skipping a beat. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. That's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And he continues, this is the first and greatest, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that's where we get into the empathy part, spreading your love through your neighbor, spreading the neighbor's love through their neighbor, across the street, across the block, across town, okay? And many people question this. They're like, how can Jesus say that love is the most important thing? How can he say this? Doesn't he need to tell us what's right, what's wrong? Doesn't he need to tell us how to get to heaven? But if we truly, if we truly understand love, we won't show anything but love to others. If we truly understand our love through God, the, God, the love that God gives to us, the love we give back, the love God gives to everybody, the love that we should give to everybody, then you're not going to be like, oh, hey, yeah, my name's Jake, and yeah, we're going to fight. No, you're not going to be like that. You're going to be like, oh, hey, yeah, my name's Jake. I see, I see you failed your test. I know you're struggling with something. Let me pray for you. Let me help you. That's, that's what love is about. So now let's turn to 1 Corinthians 16.4. Okay? Solid. Rest in here. Okay, so bear with me right here, right in here okay? This part, can, this part can kind of get a little confusing. So in this one, we're going to talk about three different verses, and I'll go ahead and tell you. We have 1 Corinthians 16.4, and then we have 1 John 4.12 and 1 John 4.16. And those are the verses that we are going to be looking at for this right here. So... 1 Corinthians 16.4. It's literally four words. Just as love is four letters, this verse is four words. Do everything in love. Now, can I hear y'all say that with me? Do everything in love. One more time. Do everything in love. You see, that verse, it doesn't say do one thing. It doesn't say do two things. It says do everything, every single thing in love. See, in 1 John 4, 12, I have it written down right here. So if y'all want to go ahead and flip to it, y'all can. But in 1 John 4, 12, we read, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. And then we can go on to read 1 John 4, 16. And so we know and rely on the love of God. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. So, I can ask y'all what 
what these three verses all have in common? I can ask you all that, and you'll, you'll say love. That, all three of these verses do, do have that in common. But what I want to talk about is that three of these, these three verses fit together. They're like a puzzle piece. So first you have 1 Corinthians 16.4. Do everything in love. Okay? And then we have 1 John 4.12. Love is made complete in us. And then 1 John 4.16. God is love. And I say that in that order and with those specific words from it so y'all can understand what I'm about to tell you. You see, these three verses, that t- t- they tell us that love is most important because God is the love that is made complete in us and this love that we show to others. So that love we have in our heart, that love we have in our soul, our minds, that we open up for Jesus, that we open up for God, that's love that others see from us. They don't see it. They don't see it through the clothes we wear. They don't see it through the bracelets, the what would Jesus do bracelets. They don't see it through that. They don't see it about the, through the fish sticker on the back of your car, Bible. They, they don't see it through that stuff. That's, that's accessories. They don't see it through that. They see it through you. They see it through your heart, through your love, through your actions. You see, when we demonstrate Christian love, it distinguishes believers from the rest of the world. Okay, so now we're going to turn to John 13.35. So, by this, it's talking about love, all people will know that you are my disciples. And if you love for one another. Now let's read this again. By this, talking about love, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And like I said, it's not talking about the accessories that you wear. Notice that Jesus did not say, people, you, you are my disciples when you wear a Christian shirt, when you listen to Christian music. You're not a disciple by wearing clothes with my name on it. You're not a disciple by showing, up, showing off a cross on a necklace, by showing off a cross as like a tattoo, as like it's shaved in the side of your head. That's, that's not showing how you're, you're a disciple. But Jesus is saying through love, through that love you show to others. A watching world will be persuaded, not when our values are involved, but when our values of love are embodied, embodied by us, embodied by those around us. You see, we need to become purveyors of love. Just as people, just as people carry things throughout them with their life, just as politicians have their political beliefs and they're like, oh, hey, here's this, here's this, come with me. You need to be like, oh, hey, yeah, hey, my name's Danley. Here's God's love. See it through me. See it through my life. See it through what I do. See it through what I say. Now come with me. I'm not saying, hey, you have to come with me to church. I'm saying, come with me. Come with me. Feel this love. Feel it in your heart, your soul, your mind. You don't have to come to church with me. I can help you find a church if you want. That's, that's what it's talking about. 
It's not saying, hey, come with me directly. Come with me. It's saying, hey, come with me to God so that we can be together forever in heaven. That's what it's talking about. You see, for the beginning, God's plan was to develop a people that reflect his character. And that's love. He, he literally made us in his image to reflect his character, which is love. And now, I say this, I say this in probably like every message that I've been giving since, you know, I've gotten to college. It's just one of the strongest things that, that I, I wrote down, and it's, I just carry it with me. I really focus on it. And God could have made a world where everybody lived in peace. God could have made a world where nobody struggled, where everybody was with him in heaven. Or he could have made a world where there is perfect peace, perfect harmony. He could have put the streets of gold down here on earth. He could have had angels down here singing us to sleep. He could have given us all this, but he didn't. He wanted a relationship with us, a loving relationship with us. That's why he gave us the ability to choose, to choose to worship him, to choose to follow him, to choose to let him guide us, strengthen us, build us up so that we feel his love, we can show it to others, and then they can feel his love. So, 1 John 4, 17, we read, In this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, for we are as he is in this world. Now I'm going to read that one more time. 1 John 4, 17, we read, In this, love is perfected with us so that, may, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, for we are as he is in this world. For we are as he is in this world. That literally just ties back into what I just said. We're made in God's image. God's character is love. And we are made in his image, so our character should be made in love. You see, believers are God's advertisement to a watching society to demonstrate love, a future, and a relationship with God. So, you see, love is it's more, more than simply just a feeling. It's, it's more than that. It's, it's, it is an attitude that reveals itself in action. How can we love others as Jesus does? It, it doesn't necessarily have to be big. You don't, you don't have to be like Mr. Beast and go out to the world and plant three million trees. No, you don't have to do that. God wants you to plant seeds. He does. He's not necessarily talking about in the earth. He's not talking about, oh, hey, yeah, our ozone layer's messed up. Now go plant some trees to fix it. God's not saying that. He's, he's saying plant seeds. Plant his seeds on the earth in the hearts of those around. That's what God is saying. And that is the true virtue of love embodied. And that's what I'm talking about, love embodied, that's what I wanted to talk about. That kind of love makes a difference. So, right here. This stool right here. Do you physically, do you physically see Jesus sitting in this chair, in this stool? No. But I come over here, 
we're going to say Christ is here, okay? Not physically. He's not physically sitting in this chair, but Christ is here. He's with us all, okay? So, Christ has no hands without us. Christ has no feet without us. His love is showed through us. He's not down here physically on this earth, sitting in this stool, saying, hey, yes, come to me. Come to me, children. Be fishers of men and bring everybody to me. He's not sitting physically in the stool saying that. But I can sit here. I can sit here and say that my love of God, God's love, is living in my heart. So if you're struggling with something, if, if there's something you need help with, if you, if you just want, want to feel a better connection with God, if you want somebody to talk to, if you want to feel God's love, come to me. I can help you. Be fishers of men, and let's bring everybody to Christ. We all, we all have those hands. We all have those feet for us to touch others, for us to walk around and touch others, to lay a hand on somebody. We have those feet. We have those things. Okay? You see, and when we love as he loves us, it will make a difference. Christian love is indispensable. Christian love is needed. Christian love, love from Jesus Christ, God, Lord, our Savior, that is needed every day, today, yesterday, tomorrow. That is needed for everybody. You see, we're going to turn now to 1 Peter 4.8. So, this right here, this is where we kind of start to, you know, wrap it up a little bit. You see, in 1 Peter 4.8, we read, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. And I have one more verse that I'm going to read, but it's here in a second. Okay? So, this, this verse, it talks about the importance of love, even when it's tough. That's what this verse does. It talks about the importance of love, even when it's tough. So, we, we talked about the importance of love. Okay? We have talked about how love is needed, how you can embrace it in your life, how God made you the lamp unto feet. We walk, we look to God as our path, and he's here guiding us and strengthening us to help touch others and bring them to him. That's what he's doing. But this verse, it talks about loving others even when it's tough. We're humans. We make mistakes. It's not saying, hey, yeah, love that dude, but hold a grudge. It's not saying, hey, yeah, love that professor that failed you on that computer science final and hold a grudge. No, it's not saying that. It's saying, love everybody. Accept what happened. Accept it. A-C-C-E-P-T. Accept. And it's hard. It's hard. Don't get me wrong. And that's, that's just one reason why I like to say that I live a serendipitous life. Just because I want to go with the flow, 
and I want to expect, I want to accept the love from everyone. I want to accept the love from everything. I want to take every opportunity that's given to me, hold on to it, and show God's love through it. That's what I want to do. And that's what I want y'all to do. No matter how tough it gets, no matter, no matter what you're struggling with, whether it's loving yourself, loving a family member, loving someone who, ha- who has wronged you, um, loving God. Say something terrible happened in your life and you're struggling with like, God, why did this happen? Love him. Don't be mad. Just love him. It doesn't say, it, it doesn't say not to, hey, Lord. It doesn't say that you can't pray to him and ask him questions. It doesn't say that. Like, look up to him and say, Lord, why is this? Then open up your heart, your soul, and mind, and truly listen. Truly listen to the love, the love of God. Now we're going into this last verse. We read in 1 Corinthians 4, 8. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And I want to repeat that last part. And I really, I want you to close your eyes right here. I want you to close your eyes. I truly want you to open up to this, this last part of this verse. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Now you can open your eyes. Now, this verse, this verse literally ties in everything. It ties in how, why love is important. Love never ends. It, it ties in how you should spread God's love. Love never ends. It ties in how to love somebody even when it's tough. Because love never ends. And you see, I wanted to end with that verse because it's true. Love, love never ends. Love's never gone. Love is never done working through you. Love's never working through your brother, your sister. Love's never working through your, or love is never not working in that professor. Never not working through anybody that you're struggling with. Love is never not working through God. I used a bunch of double negatives right there, but tie it all together. Love never ends. Love is always flowing through you, through your neighbor, through the person across the street, through that professor, through God. So accept it and go with it.